0: Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We teach independency and profitability to all independent artists. And right now we are featuring independent artists and some industry artists on Heritage Hip Hop playlist number five, which is available on HeritageHipHop.com. We ask that you follow us on HeritageHipHop.com or also subscribe to Heritage Hip Hop on YouTube. Like, share, subscribe, comment on all videos and help us build this great, great movement. This episode is also brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. One decision can change your financial future and the rest of your life. And one decision to make is to clean up your credit report and raise your credit score. By doing that, you can open your wallet up to more money instead of paying out more debt. To do so, go to HeritageHipHop.com and click on the link for Transparent Credit Repair. Fill out the questionnaire and receive 20% off of all services given by Transparent Credit Repair. So once again, that one decision can change your life. And you can fulfill that decision at www.heritagehiphop.com and click on the link for transparent credit repair. On this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we're talking to an educator, an MC, and a well-traveled man that's not only changing the world with his lyrics, he's changing the world with his art. We talked to on O'Molal, one half of Negros Americanos, a hip-hop group from Plainfield, New Jersey, that lived in Panama, and he came back to teach not only in Plainfield, field, but to teach the hip-hop world about pride, unity, standing up for morals, and giving inspirational quotes and artwork for children and people just the same, who are adults, to enjoy and learn from. Stay tuned and pay attention to this great interview, because not only is this an MC that we co-sign on Heritage Hip-Hop, this is somebody that we build with and I highly respect and enjoy. So I'll come back with the rest of my commentary after the interview is finished. Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage
1: Hip Hop Podcast. The state of hip hop is always in question when we talk about consciousness and music with a message. Well, to everybody who's looking for it, I found an MC who gives you both and humor at the same time. Please introduce yourself to the people.
2: What's going on, y'all? I'm known as Lyle Omo Lyle. Um, part of Negros Americanos. And it's a beautiful morning.
1: <laughs> Yo, before <laughs> we get started with this um with this interview, I want to tell everybody on Heritage Hip Hop that's listening to this, Lau Mal is one of the best MCs I've heard in years. And it was an honor to finally meet him after his performance at the what was it, Lincoln Park we 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 did you did that, right? We were rapping Lincoln the track. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, and um yeah. and I got to interview him at a comic book store in North New Jersey. Shout out to Fortress of Solitude. And it was one of the most introspective conversations we had, but time has gone on, so what's been going on with you? Oh man, so much.
2: So much, man. Peace of valleys, hills and alleys, you know what I mean? Ups and downs, highs and lows. Um but the content has been creation. Um <clears throat> I see more recently, more more visual art than uh, MCing. But I just stopped kissing my black ass today. All
1: right. Before we go on to that, though, isn't MCing part of visual art, though? Because don't you rhyme what you feel and what you see?
2: Yeah, and you're painting landscapes, you know, liquid mm-hmm. swords. You know, the word is a sword to cut through the air. And, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, I mean, depending on how descriptive you are. Like I say, um. hmm well, that's one thing I do like about Rick Ross. He's ex- extremely the rapper, he's extremely descriptive. It's about <laughs> chandelier with the, the bezel <laughs> like <he> talks about <laughs> mad decadent things around. He paints pictures and think best MCs do that. You know. Uh Cameron, you got Pets Ma, me too. Mine's are dead. I get approached by Animal activists, I live in the zoo, By my scandals with savages. He, he could have said, yo, I just, I got a mink fur. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but he, mm-hmm. he said, nah, he, his closet's the pet cemetery. You know, that's just a little bit more, um, creative. He's using metaphor. I like the wittiness of words, you know, and, um, as far as like with, with hip hop, the guys or women have always appealed to me have been the ones that, you know, um, had a very unique style. Mm. You know, like, I mentioned Cameron just now. I mentioned Rick Ross. He has a unique style, you know. Gene um, uh, Grey. You know what I mean? Busta Rhymes. Um, Wyclef, Fugees, you know, Lauren, of course. These men mm. these people appealed to me early on. These are like my early influences. Not Rick Ross. <laughs> but, like, uh, Red Fuji's, uh yeah I had to say that Fugees um, Red Man you know the, the folks that were more animated with their mm-hmm. delivery mm-hmm. Method the Man you know I like the theatrical aspect because it's a performance so it has to be entertaining first you know right. but then I liked you know the artists that I felt uh, educated with you know like and empowered with like Chuck you know like the teacher, krs one, mm-hmm. you know, like dead prayers, like Quali, like thought, like calm, you know, like cats, you know, the nature of threat. I want to make stuff like that, man.
1: Stuff. But let me right. ask you, this. but 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 wait, let me ask you something though, because you just brought up an interesting point. Those are people who bring to hip hop what I think hip hop is missing, and that's intellectualness and a story. What do you think propels the MC more? Their mind or the way they tell their story? Mm
2: you know what? I'm gonna say the the way in which they tell their story. Because okay, there there are folks um lyrically in the mind that are super technical and um they're they're great. You know, when you just look at their words, they're amazing. But the how they say it, it might not be that engaging
1: or oh, the delivery, you know
2: that's where Drake wins. He's got delivery, man. It doesn't matter yeah. what you're talking about. I could just mm-hmm. say this like that I could just uh, blah, blah, blah. he could he could say whatever, and it's mm-hmm. gonna be great, um, and it's gonna be engaging. Andre two thousand two he's complex lyrically, you know, but not super complex, but he's complex,
1: mhm, um so. So, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Comple- got- com- driven, com- complexity, yeah. but isn't complexity? Okay, let me ask you from a fan standpoint. Yeah. We love bars, especially now in 2020 with bar- being barred up is coming back. Mm-hmm. But I remember Jay-Z and Eminem said that it was the bars they did not say that made their songs great. Is complex bars holding MCs back, or is it lack of creativity in delivery that holds them back?
2: I think uh, it's it's all about want to do, you know what I mean, in mm-hmm. terms of, like, moving forward. Like, if your goal is to just, like, bar them up and you can do that and you're great at it and it's what you do, you have a thing called Griselda. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That, <laughs> that you're not doing – you don't hear the party record. You know, maybe now you might hear some more lady joints, but they're not sacrificing their sound at all for nothing. Period. You know what I mean? They're sticking to that gun. And I'm sure over the years, everyone, when you're going to do a trap joint, when are you going to do a drill joint, when are you going to do it, nah, no, but they stuck to the guns and now what? They're successful. Look at MF Doom. Same deal. He has a, mm-hmm. uh, a very niche style, uh, Czar face, a very niche style. These guys are successful in their own like They have niche followers. They don't have to create this, um, <clears throat> be this, oh, I got to appeal to the ladies. Oh, I got to get the club joint. Oh, I got to do the down for the people. Oh, I got to do the struggle joint. <clears throat> They're just creating art that they like. You know what I mean? I think as long as we stay um, authentic, that's in our own fingerprint. Like, if you can fit in your own fingerprint real well um, and share your own personal story, other people resonate. We like Fonte because of that, because he's mad personal. You Know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I push you, pick you up in my poor site. Like, you know, I got a Nissan that I'm still paying for, still got a lease on. He said the Nissan in at least four or five tracks. I know he got the Nissan, you know what I'm saying?
1: So, mm-hmm. I, I feel that. I feel that. So, <laughs> let's talk about you your that? fingerprint then. Yeah, an artist uh, is only known for the art that they create, right? Mm-hmm. Well art is very hands on, even if it just is a microphone and words or pen and paper. What 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 did you put your DNA into that made hip hop special for you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, let me stop being ignorant. <laughs> um the uh... <laughs> um... Coochie rap rapped about putting his DNA on a curtain. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, let's see, what first made it special for me?
1: Well, how did you put yourself into it so so that people know that's you and that, that they can recognize your fingerprint or your creativity in the art?
2: Yo, it took mad long, and it's, it's it's still I'm still chipping away at it. You know, like artist development, developing your style, saying how do I sound? What is what is 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 my sound like? You know, what feels mm-hmm. most natural and mm-hmm. Over um just years, years, years of of trying to express most honestly or you know let that stream of consciousness go. Um over years has gotten me to this point. I started writing the year two thousand, it's twenty twenty. That's twenty years. I've been writing for twenty years. Mm-hmm. So Started off, you know, um I used to watch sixty minutes with my mother's Saturday nights, and then Saturday Night Live right afterwards, you know, and then like it is a Sunday morning. That's my rap style. We're gonna talk about information. We're gonna talk about the world, right? We're gonna talk about mind, body, and soul. We're also gonna laugh. But then I'm gonna leave you with the consciousness that Sunday morning. You know what I mean? So I'm 60 minutes Saturday Night Live, like it is. You can you can blame Gil Noble. The cast of Saturday Night Live in the
1: 90s, (laughs) and,
2: um, you know, Bill Moyers and shit. It was Mm. was, about information, um, comedy, and empowerment. So, like, even my early influences rap-wise, I got the, you know, Miseducation CDs. The first CDs I got was Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, Mm -hmm. Big Willie Style. And I got Drew Hill, but I had the tape, Redman, uh, Doctor Name 2000. You know, mom didn't know I had that one. I was listening, <laughs> on, fuck you. My little name was be good. Y'all like in sixth grade, just like bopping my head. That shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, those are the influences, you know, Will Smith, Redman, Lauren Hill. You, you see that? It's like positive, empowering. It's like crazy, you know, Buddha bless ya. And just, a spiritual connection, like Lauren is just—that's that's, that's super saying. That's super yeah, saying. That's that's tapped in. So it's like, man, that same blood and water runs through us. We out here, so um, that's what it is. So I'm Like when I write, for real, um, because of how I was raised, you know, by my mom. She she whenever I would get in trouble as a as a child, she would always. Make made me study black history more. (laughs) So, like, I read Black Boy, Native Son, Nigga, Big Gregory, before I was in eighth grade. Like, this was middle school. dope. literally every time I learned more about my ancestors and things that people went through, I saw myself in the um, timeline of human history, too. You know, I didn't count myself out. So I always looked at, like, one day I'm gonna be in one of these books too, doing something great that advances my people. You know, just like these people. I didn't think it was not capable or you know, they were normal people. I had breakfast with Milana Karenga. Mm. Yeah,
1: so Oh wait, wait, I wanna ask you a question then because now you're taking me to another another level. Um in 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 the in the in the sayings of life they say ignorance is bliss. Right? And I'm going to go into myself and come back to you. I remember when I was in second grade, I got laughed at because I did a paper on the Black Panthers for Black History Month. And the kids in my class laughed at me because they never heard of the Black Panthers, and they said I made my paper up. Right? And like I said, the ignorance of them was fun to them, but the knowledge of what I had and people laughing at me for being insightful hurt. Yeah. As a young man, I know you went through that, too. How did that mold you into the MC you are today?
2: (laughs) That made me um, walk in my truth even more. You know, like, just because y'all motherfuckers don't recognize it, um, I'm not doing it to be recognized by y'all. I'm trying to impress myself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, external validation. I was not cool in high school. I got called a bitch-ass nigga for wearing a shirt with an uncle it. you know, Queen Nefertiti. You know, I remember a similar deal. I did a presentation, not in, not in second grade, you know what I mean? I'm talking senior year about black revolution and unity. And I, I got to present it to other classes in my school. And everybody fucking laughed at me playing for high school, class of 2G4. Motherfuckers laughed at me. Then afterwards, it was a group. They called themselves the Taliban- there's a group of guys that uh used to play pranks on people, so here I am after giving this speech that people were acting mad, ignorant in the class, and not trying to listen to, and I was talking about like real shit. Um, I'll go outside and the Taliban, this group of uh, peers, because they wear towels around their head. They were so ignorant. We were so ignorant playing bicycle. They ran up on me with water balloons and poof, they shot. They they threw they threw, threw threw the water balloons at me. Boom boom boom. I hit up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. some teenage dirtbag shit. And, um, it was crazy. I'm like, Lyle, watch out! I looked when I was coming out of, the, um, the school. And it was like five of them running up on me with water balloons. And I just was like, you know what? I ain't even gonna run. I'm just gonna sit here and take it. Get <laughs> right it up. You know what I mean? Then went home and it was like, I had to come and get him with the paintball gun. I'm gonna sit here. Stupid. Calm down. Not me. Realize. Alright. Ignorance around me has nothing to do with the sanity that's inside me. The chaos, chaos that's around me has nothing to do with my own peace of mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, lucky for me, I was in the Rutgers Upward Bound program, and I played tennis. I was studied under the Honorable Donald Van Blake. So I went to the Junior Olympics by the time I went to 10th grade. So I'd already gotten to travel. I gotten to compete and meet people outside of playing field that let me tell you (laughs) they value the kid. The further I go from home, I guess the more attractive I get. I guess the more intelligent I get. I guess my words start to make sense a little more. I guess the drawings look a little better, you know, or the critiques become less. Mark six four. A prophet is without honor, yo. Except in his own home, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. difficult. So um travelling helped me see that like yo I've I've I'm the brother from the um cave allegory that got out and came back and I'm like yo I'm spitting science just like you were in second grade you dropping knowledge on them. Yo knowledge out of season bears no fruit. Facts. So you just gotta go to where you're in season. You know what I'm saying? Like I love I love Jersey man. I love Jersey. I'm gonna tell you this man I've seen artifacts rock in Jersey and I seen artifacts rock in New York, and when they rock in New York, you would have thought they was from New York the way the crowd shows so much freaking love. You would have thought mm. they was from Brooklyn for real.
1: Well, you know what's deep about what you said though. To take it back to even hip hop and the art, and you as a man, it's also said that a man as well travel is a man of knowledge because you have an understanding of life that goes beyond the doorstep that you came from. Yeah, and. Yeah. I also say this, and this is my personal saying hindsight has no expiration date, and neither does good ideas. Mm-hmm. So, if when you look back and it constantly teaches you, as an MC, when you create, you're constantly talking to people and teaching them. What is the most important bar an MC can give a person that listens to their music for the first time or the 11th, 20th time? The most important bar? Mm
2: hmm. Um, like in order, like is the first bar the most important, or the last one, or no? Or
1: it it still isn't like the the part of the story that still is impactful from the first time you hear the song to like the a, a thousandth time you hear the song. What bar do you think is the most true or the most impactful or most meaningful? You
2: know, the bar with the sickest punchline usually, or where there's some type of ad lib, where there's a chance for you to participate with the rapper and i say that meaning Uh this is this is like the power of drake like the sing songiness sometimes uh wins over or is just as witty you know what i mean as like a crazy punchline but when you said which sticks out i started to think like what lines stick out and i thought of sticky fingers automatically (laughs) you know because he's got those one-liners where he'll mm-hmm. say one thing and he brings you over here. It's like, oh snap, the unexpectedness. Mm-hmm. I think the 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 setup one liners are are the things that stick out in hip hop. Like we can, you know, clean my teeth in Tim's with the same brush. You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he said it. I was I just thought about sticky fingers when you said that, but it's it's the punchlines that make it powerful. You know what I mean? But. That's if you just, just freestyle rapping and stuff, you know. If you're telling a story, you could throw punch lines in there too. You know? <clears throat> but t- to me, the the thing that makes a verse stand out is crazy punch lines, something that makes your face go, ooh, because it's it's witty, and it's clever. Like we I I used Cam earlier. He could have said, Yeah, I have a lot of minks in my closet, so you know. But nah, he right. said, Yo, gate is minks that's necessary accessories my closet the pet cemetery i get approached by animal activists. activist it's going a little bit further Mm -hmm. and then but the the joint that that stood out for me he said uh sticky fingers it's the grinch that stole christmas climbing down your chimney kids open their gifts they all gonna be empty just like mine was i hate to say it but if i wasn't a boy i wouldn't have had nothing to play with he ended his verse like that you gotta end strong
1: yeah but see, isn't God the ultimate MC? Cause the punchline for us is everything that we went through or everything that you go through either makes you or breaks you. So when you tell your story, you're elevated and you elevate others through your experiences. And that's the key to being an MC. If KRS1 said a rapper raps about life, but an MC raps about your life to you, that story, that punchline, that delivery is the thing that makes you elevated. And what brings bring somebody up out of their current state into their next elevation. And that's mm. the gift. And that's the gift. When we think about the gifts of an MC, people always think, okay, you got bars or you can rap. All MCs aren't rappers though. A teacher is an MC and you've yeah. taught and you yeah. can control the crowd and open up their minds, not only with bars, but with soliloquies, entendres, Theories and thoughts. What was the moment, as a teacher, that made you realize you are MC at the same time in your classroom? Man, when when <laughs> <coughs>
2: I mean, once the class starts listening, you know what I mean, and and or when they find out my secret identity that Mister mm-hmm. O is actually Anglos Americano's, you know. That um mm-hmm. having that stain definitely helps me in the classroom. Not being a duck when most educators are ducks um, helps helps me be in the classroom. Being native helps me in the classroom where I, there are many pilgrims in the classroom. Uh No, well, well, in the in the building, not in the classroom. The classroom we're mostly teaching native people. Um, mm-hmm. The thing that helps or or helped me realize like yo. I'm emceeing in the classroom is when I start applying the same tactics I'm applying to the stage to the classroom as far as how to get people's attention
1: Explain. As, as far what as call about?
2: response mm-hmm,
1: okay, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm
2: gonna use I'm gonna use Queen Moore um uh, as, as as an example, as another educator, right? Something Shout out does, to Queen Moore. Shout out to Queen Moore, right? So Queen Moore does this thing, where she says to the students, because I've actually subbed in her class. <laughs> um, yeah. Check, check, check me out. Check, check, check me out. She says, check, check. They say, check me out. That's a way of knowing that they're engaged, but it's also rhythmically giving them something to hold on to because, um, of how rigid, uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uncultured their curriculums often are or their school day is. They need something to enliven them. You know what I mean? They've been eating yeah. Lunchables all day and rich bits. They need some soul food.
1: Yeah. So,
2: so yeah. I feel. Not being a monolithic. I am a teacher. I am an educator. Hey, sit down, kids. I say, nah, I'm one of y'all. I'm the one that made it out. I came back. Live it up to me because I be living truth, living proof to kick the truth to the young black youth. I am inspected that. Yo, he, he has oriented me well. I heard the message from Cream and I've been activated. Now I'm carrying out that same
1: mission, living proof to teach the truth to the young black youth. You know what? I'm glad you said that because that's a life lesson, and I engage people to always look at life as the – life in hip-hop is so synonymous. I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but like I said, hip-hop and God and creation just goes hand-in-hand, hand. you know what I'm saying? When I talk about the drum being the part of the beat that gives it life and your heart is the drum that gives your body life, it goes together. When I talk about you taking your journey in life, you take steps, and when you write the notes on the lines, those are called steps when you write those notes on the, on the, on the paper. More importantly, if we go even deep biblically into the, um, into, the, into the knowledge of God as it transfers to hip-hop, knowledge itself was the one thing the Bible always taught, especially Christ when he said the kingdom of heaven is within And that's how you get to the most high. It goes goes to your highest level. It's knowledge of self that really brings God out of you, and then you can meet the God essence through you. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When when hip-hop is in its highest form, not only are you nodding your head, not only are you listening to the beat, but the lyrics seem to play into you as well. And just the same way we could recite words, they say that the law of the law the law of righteousness is written in our hearts. We could recite bars like they inside of us and they came from us. Mm-hmm. What is the one bar that's inside of you that propels you daily to create and to be creative? Um Hmm. In
2: solitude or in the company of the hardest. Mm-hmm. Lyricists inflicted with the artist catharsis. Apart from the toilsome routine of the day. I find peace when I write, in the place far away. Imagination, patient, but never lethargic. On time, revolving, but never a problem. <laughs> Hailing from the state of the garden, but yeah, that something like that because, um, it's applicable, it's relatable, it's, it's biographic. Yo, whether I'm alone or with other artists, I'm going to be creating. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whether it's collaboratively or solo. I'm going to be creating. What do I get? I escape. I get a release. It's a temporary, and even when it's stuff that I'm going through directly, I get the third person the part uh, the issue for a little bit. You know? Writing mm-hmm. it down, putting it outside from a mental to a physical. Like, it's on paper now. It's, it's there. I'm looking at it. Now I could devise strategies on how to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? So, You know, what did Nas say? He said, uh, shit is better than a novel. Autobiographic. Spit it on the track. It becomes classic. You know, so the autobiographical rhymes. That's, that's, that's one of the ones that I feel I've been living by. And the mantra, create art daily. Been saying that to myself for a couple years now. And look at what it's done.
1: (laughs) Well, 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 look where we're (laughs) at. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, we we,
2: talked about about it, bro. (laughs) Like, you you've seen you've seen you've seen and have been a part of it and have have definitely gave me pointers and 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 me and man. I appreciate you. For real. No um,
1: doubt. No doubt. Well everybody, this is Herbert Hip Hop on the line with Lau, educator, M C philanthropist, lifesaver, doctor, whatever you want to say an MC is, he embodies that. A,
2: a front doctor, you know what I'm saying? That's what we I mean. think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's, let's go into that coloring book, because I always said hip-hop is nothing but a door. And people run to it and turn that doorknob, which is music, and everybody's fighting to turn the door. Everybody's all up on each other, whether they twerking or they gang banging or whatever. Everybody's turning the same knob, but, yeah. they're, but they're not walking through the door until their elevation, which is the seven streams of income or the seven streams of creativity. Everybody's just trying to turn the door because they want to do music. I want to do music. i want to do music. But you've actually walked through the door and taken your art to not only MC words, bars, you took your art through pens, paper, iPads, creative coloring books, and things like that. How does the coloring book help extend your creativity as an MC?
2: Oh, my gosh. It's, um one, it gives me more stuff to rap about, like, I've I've delved into the world that I've created within like this comic book, this coloring book. Um, I'm diving into those characters and now rapping, not from uh, this reality, but from an alternate reality that's created. That's already existed in my head for a long time. But now, since I'm drawing the pictures, now you guys get to see it. You know what I'm saying? You see Omalayo and Lyle. These are my characters in the comic book. Life allow them The coloring book's called Heads and Landscapes coloring in color, 50 pages of black women, you know what I'm saying? Um, and there's some men in there, too, like about five dudes. But uh, that was directly influenced by the travels. We were talking about traveling earlier. I used to live in Panama. I, 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 I quit working at Yale because I, I had to get out of there. I had, it, was, it was like the movie Get Out before it came out. That was my experience. Dude. I had to get the hell out before I became – somebody's you know they're eating my my kidneys or something or they're doing some sacrifice on high street at the skull and bones 322 building yeah Boss. it's all over there yo so and yeah my my job was across the street from scrolling key the order of scrolling key all these like masonic secret societies or whatever they really, they're really real okay i used to live in new haven i freaking visited all the tombs I, t- 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 I looked this up, looked up a map. When I knew I was up there, I said, okay, let's get it. I never went in, though. They're locked, all of them. They got one way in, one way out. But it's real. So, uh, that being said, um, the the I quit that and, and flew to Panama. When I was out there, that's when we formed Negros Americanos. That's also when I saw, like, the beauty of black people outside of the United States. Hands on. You know what I'm saying? So, like... Um, the diaspora, especially Panama having the canal there. You saw all ty- types of people, all types of black people there, you know? And, um, just being inspired by the beauty. And, like, I spent so much time emceeing, my drawing was lacking. All the women I drew looked like dudes, you know? They had, right. you know, not body shaming or whatever, but, you know, they're like NFL players. Hulk, you know? Because I was used to drawing Spider-Man, the Hulk, Spawn, these characters. So, um i had to focus more time on the women developing that anatomy and through through um like while i was teaching on my lunch break i would just draw a face a day and over a year i had like freaking over 100 of them you know and i got to pick out the best 50 that i liked and they all had a similar theme of heads and landscapes faces and faces and places put it together that's my first book, Color in and Color, Heads and Landscapes. And um so far the reception I've gotten back from it, it's almost made me want to stop rapping, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because the love has been infinite, man, in comparison. Um and I've seen more return um in the in the short run with this. So it's it's re it's returning my faith in my pencil as well as my pen. You know what I'm saying?
1: I like that you said that because an extension of heritage hip-hop is blurred hop, and blurred hop is where we look at the hip-hop culture in anime, comic books, and other forms of entertainment media that blurs or black nerds would like. You know what I'm saying? And I I wanted to make that because hip-hop and comic books and anime, once again, go hand in hand. And then when we use that stuff to educate the masses, we get stuff like your coloring book, which, which can help the self-esteem of young women of color all over this planet. You see what I'm saying? And that goes back to what we, what we said earlier about a man being well-traveled. Negros Americanos and living in Panama not only showed you the struggle, but it also showed you how far people can go and how yet far away from the goal we are. What did you take away from Panama that you employ into the United States right now in your drawings, in your MC ship, or even your life?
2: Yeah, man. Um, Yo, Panama's with me every day, man. Um, That that place made a man out of me. It made me way more grateful for everything. It it helped my crisis management (laughs) too, you know, as far as how to react in situations, life, life or death situations, what to do, you know, how to move. Because I had to learn that or I'd have been gone. Say that, man, people ain't make it, yo. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it was a very volatile place. And especially this, like, we weren't in no resorts. We was out there. I was in Ciudad Radio and Concepcion and Juan Diaz. And Jordan was there, too. And he was also in um, Caledonia. You know what I mean? So we was in them places, in them spots that, like, if you ever watched the movie City of God, that's mm-hmm. the closest, closest comparison I can give you of, like, what it was like out there. Like, it was that yeah. volatile. There was always something going down, always something happening. Um When we first got there, there was a a drought for like three months, <laughs> and we had to wait for the government to come around with water and shooting it out yeah. of a, like a hose, a fire hose. <laughs> We're over there with buckets wow. underneath with like a thousand people like running with buckets trying to catch water, you know, to bathe with, drink or whatever, you know, it's cooked yeah. with, you know. So that type of struggle versus the year before I was working at Yale, I was eating caviar. You know what I mean? I am sitting with Argyle socks, you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. these
2: types. So the the duplicity of my experience of both high and low, you know what I'm saying, has taught me a lot. Panama being where 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 I would say, yeah, in terms of it's being considered a third world country, the struggle is real are out there. However, the mentality of the people, I noticed something too, like we weren't fighting each other for the water. We were working together. All the men were organized in that, made sure the families got water first, women and children, bring that to the old lady. Um, there was this camaraderie and closeness among Panamanians in the neighborhood that once we moved in there and they knew we was cool with Tia Donica, you know, part um, of the hood, we met people. We was like an extension of that family, you know what I'm saying? Out here, I might not know my neighbors. I knew the whole neighborhood out there. It's crazy. Mm. Just the closeness. People talk to each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Breathe, they, would share with the they would They mm-hmm. would ask me, like, I'm I'm a foreigner, bro, and, and I'm employed, too. And I, there were some days, man, I was going through it. Um, I remember a lady up the street would say, yo, did you eat today? Hold on. I got some Sancocho for you. Just quick to help the neighbor. You know, quick mm-hmm. to help the neighbor. And... When when I came back to the United States, I noticed people are quick to help themselves at the expense of their neighbor. We had Hurricane Sandy. A dude, you know, North's gonna pull out a gun at the gas station. You are gonna blow up everybody so you can get some fucking gas? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just the mentality. I'm like, yo, dog, you t- talking about putting gas in your car? Cats ain't have water in Panama. Yeah. And nobody pulled out a gun when the water truck came around. Everybody, even the gangsters, got got up and helped out people. It was just a different. It was just a different vibe, man. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. Beautiful people. Beautiful place. Beautiful country.
1: I heard Rayquan the sad. chef say, um, "When him and Ice T went to go overseas, they went to like Brazil or something, and they yeah, saw like yeah. the poverty of the people." They said um, they actually opened up their suitcases to give them clothes. They gave their clothes away. And Raekwon said, yo, that was the first time as a man I could say I shed a tear with snot bubbles in my nose to see what people go through and how what everything we have we complain about so little could do so much for somebody else.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you don't know it until you see it. Like, I read about it. My my, my roommate in college is from Haiti, Sinati. Shout out to Sinati Lorenz. He used to tell me all the time, he said, you going to see. He's from Haiti. He said, you going to see. He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I know. I mean, I'll be reading this. He's like, yeah, but once you go, you're going to see. He said, "No not matter where, but third world outside of here, you're going to see how we live, man. And trust me, you're going to appreciate it more. And I I read about it. I saw the documentaries. Yeah. But once I went to another country, I went to Panama, I saw um, poverty at a different level. I also saw wealth. And excess too at a different level. You know,
1: we'll um, Talk about that. Lots of wealth. Lots of
2: Man, Donald Trump got a villain out there. This is okay. Trump Towers in, in Panama. Um, There's a lot of wealth and excess. And this is a Panama is a great place if you're like an oligarch trying to hide money. You know, how they say put it in the Swedish banks, Switzerland, or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Panama is also a hub for all these European banks that are washing their money, probably in cahoots with cartels. Um, that are, <laughs> you know, bringing up the drugs into this country, uh, via the U.S. government, U.S. military, U.S. military bases in Panama, Panama Canal, all those types of routes were established. Freeway, Ricky Ross, you know, Noriega, <laughs> all those guys, okay. the cocaine cowboys. Um, <clears throat> so th- 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 it's been, it's been one of those like hot spots. There's a, there's, there's a spot called Boca La Caja, for example. Everybody knows that's a spot where the stuff comes in that doesn't go through the canal and goes through the other side. You know, there's, 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 it's, it's just a level of, of, I'll say like corruption. It's just way more blatant than in the U.S. And I think people just know it and just know that's how it is. And they're just different because a lot of people get touched out there that open their mouth. Like they, 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 they like our, um, civil rights movement because we had people like Malcolm X that stood up, that spoke and said things. But out in Central America, um, many of those voices were sliced. Their necks were sliced before they even got to the podium. So, um, as far as black liberation too, like in a place like Panama, I would say, based on my narrow experience, um, the, 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 let's see, proliferation of white supremacist ideas that attribute to black inferiority are just as powerful there as they are here. So I'm saying that. So the white Jesus is in the house. You understand? Um, the hair is permed. You understand? Uh, People say things like "Mejor la ra- mejor la raza, better the race limpio tu sangre you know clean clean your blood um about wanting to have you know lighter skinned babies um when you look at uh, telemundo um when you look at univision when you look at how we are presented people of color, black people, on these channels. It's always the most negative aspects. You know what I'm saying? Some of them even have blackface. They they were making fun of Amar La Negra. I remember when I was out there, and they had uh, some lady um wearing blackface on television, making fun of Amar La Negra, yo, like with a fake Afro. You know that type of stuff goes on television. Down but it also country. goes in our
1: society. Like it I'm goes, goes, <laughs> gonna keep it real with you. Yeah. You, do you are you a fan of Dane Calloway?
2: I'm just here to make you think.
1: Well let me tell you something. Sunday the Sunday Easter egg that just came out about Virginia and how they took um the picture of a chief and made it into a into a mockery and spread it overseas with people faking pictures of devil worship to go all around the world and show like some type of heathen thing and to make them dark-skinned so all dark-skinned people are non-Christian and, and heathen, it's the same thing that goes on around the, around the world and why hip-hop, hip-hop is even black right now and true skills and true messaging is taken away from the MC and given towards the help yourself, greed, wealth, excess, yeah. get the bag, get the bag and lose your soul, lose your worth. As an MC that's not on the mainstream level, even though everybody wants mainstream money, why is it important for you to never, ever question your morality of loyalty and keep that keep that straight line of truth within yourself and in your music?
2: Because I want to die once, yo. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) A coward dies a thousand deaths. You know what I mean? The strong Mm -hmm. and brave die once. If I walk in my truth, (laughs) it's one time I got to go. But a coward, mm. let me tell you, man, cause I, and two, once you know better, you gotta do better. You know I'm right. so I can't pretend to be a stupid ass, ignorant ass nigga, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I, I, I'm, I'm too connected. I'm too tapped in too early, um, to, to play the nigga role, you know, and then two, peep in what's, what's going on with the industry. So if, if on one side, because of, of your message or, what you put forth, it's being looked at as revolutionary or racy. I wonder why that type of stuff isn't racy and why it is the norm. You know what I'm saying? And why it does have those dollars behind it. And why even um, folks from other cultures will bankroll some of this content because they feel very comfortable with it. To me, I'm an indie artist. There's no person between me my pen my paper and my creation everything that I've released I've released I didn't have to submit it to some guy who couldn't walk down the block or or, or live a day in my shoes I'm not trying to appeal to somebody who or or trying to be validated by somebody who's not valid to me Mm. and as a practitioner of hip hop um I'm a journalist. I'm here to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. If what I do does not afflict the comfortable, it is not hip-hop So, from what I'm doing, right? So I just did a freestyle with with Kosan, um, Break Your Leg ENC. I want you all to check that out. See, See what I'm rapping about. I'm rapping like a man who's liberated, a man without a muzzle. A man who can say F Lee or Cohen, because I felt like it at the time, right? We, we, we. When you look at hip hop, we say some of the most outrageous things. Period. In hip hop, it's a crazy genre. When we look mm-hmm. at who makes money off of this genre. When we look at these higher ups that are in these companies. What <laughs> the Uzi can be fully functional in our own communities but it happens to jam when we're looking at certain people it happens to the voice happens to get lower i ain't scared of no nigga here he comes nah yo and i just use him as an example because that's like a popular name people know him but that in hip-hop i'm saying like um be it they enjoy the music be it they might have been there for certain things we don't have this significantly same shared experience and um if it is about the voice of the voiceless the voice of the oppressed this is the voice speaking right so yeah i'm definitely anti devil anti demon and trying to stomp out white supremacy because that's 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 a problem that's affecting all of us in the world people of color in all areas of people activity. So my rap is an extension of that. When you look at it and you <clears throat> say, okay, at the end of the day, what's this dude about? Improving the conditions, entertainment, education, and empowerment. I want you to leave better than you can. But when I say, what's the threat to us psychologically? Yeah, it's that. It's the inferiority complex. It's the belief that one is superior than the other. So and then there's the, yeah, because hip-hop so is an extension of that. It's being used as that, like we said with blackface.
1: So then let's look at it this way. In the time of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many others, what is the voice hip hop has to take to be able to stand strong and proceed and not give up with this, with the movement that's going on in the world today? Um, dude.
2: Cause not, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to be honest. Okay. It's just a real, real crazy, situation that we're in with covid and the, the increased attacks by the police and with with certain artists doing like political rap now and putting up their fists and stuff but like i feel like not having a political education speak on the platform but you know it's cool gotta get your education that's all in different ways um i love it i love that we're all coming around it's it's the season just the season everybody's pissed you know what i'm saying from your your, your 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 most educated to your least educated, do we all see like yo we're being targeted because we're black, not because we're this or that, have hoodies or education or because we're balling. Nah. I feel like everybody don't have to be on the front lines, but we all gotta make a contribution somehow, some way, and it's with our day to day. What are we doing? What are we prepping for? I say, like, what's mad, mad important right now, we, we elevate our mind, body, and spirit. And because we're on earth and in, in this reality, I would say, yo, fellas, men, y'all, get your push-ups in. You know what I mean? Invest time in some type of self-defense and uh, becoming more vigilant, becoming more aware. Because, like it or not, you have a responsibility to protect your household, to protect your family, to protect your tribe, to protect your nation. Not attack. Protect. Protect. Self-defense. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's important. It's important because the way stuff is going now with the talks of the election, um, you're seeing the breadcrumbs. We're seeing the breadcrumbs. I'm watching tumbleweeds happen before the shootout at the OK Corral. Yeah. This is the state of America right now. There's some angry white folks out there. Who think, you know, or are empowered by this president, buying up all the bullets, I don't think it's for no reason. And yeah. I, I think, um, ignoring, um, or not being well educated on your enemy, um, can lead to your, your, your undoing.
1: Facts. And you know what? Yeah, we do have people talking about civil war if Trump loses and things like that. We do. It, it it's not there for you to it's not there for you to be ignorant and let things go past. And we can't constantly say that it was held from us. when well, now everybody has a phone. Everybody has a way to get information. And yeah. hip hop hip hop still is one of the main forms of information that teaches and gives the in the city that much more information. That's why I think Nas is so beloved in in hip-hop is because no matter how you may like or dislike his music, he always gave a message to the people that whether you took it or not, it was something for the people more than just for himself primarily, even though he ate off it. With your music now, you're doing the same thing though. Dry season, you know, great music, and you just released Kiss my black ass. The, al- the <laughs> mixtape album. Where the did that come the from? <laughs> the <laughs> mixtape, the album. Where, where, where did that come from? And and, and what, what's the what's the foundation behind that? What 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 brought that out of you?
2: Well, you see, the man, the man be on my back, man, and I would be like, kiss my black ass. No, like, um, just, just, just. That's my that's my MO right now, yo. Kiss my fucking black ass, yo. Like, I don't give a fuck. That, that whole project, just like flipping tables, I reached a level of frustration in life and just said, you know what? I might not have this. I might not have that. But I got this still. So, huh. and it's just a big release. You know what I mean? The stuff I'm talking about, talking about my managers on my ass, a proctologist. Yeah, Leandro, fuck you. Fucking fire me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's real All talk. Right. Like what I'm talking about, um in that in that album is like what was going on. I wanna be where I wanna. I wanna flip stuff, I wanna <laughs> be a real estate guru, you know. Uh, I'm I'm talking about what's happening in the current. It is a cathartic project. Um and it's been a while since I released something, so I'm like, you know what? This isn't it's not perfect, you know. It's 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 not super refined. But you know what? I got something, and I can release it now. Let me just share this because there's other stuff coming. Dry season two, um, the dessert, is freaking fire. I got freaking pace one on there. You know what I mean? I got some. I got some heat coming, man. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. until then, kiss my black ass. <laughs> right, Not you, right. but I'm saying in general, like that's. The, oh, of course. Play my shit. You know what I
1: mean? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I got you. But it's important to always have music come out. But in today's society, I don't think people would fully appreciate music. And the one thing that I appreciate about the music I listen to, it has a lifespan. It has, it has a a, a, a life uh, crooked eye just said it's really sad in hip-hop that people only listen to albums for an hour or a, a week at the most, and then they give them up. And I think this project has something, even with its length, it has something in it that will make you return to it. Creatively, mm-hmm. creatively, though, Right cheek, left cheek. Is there a significance in the cheeks?
2: <laughs> yes, because the ass. You know what I'm saying? It's all about the ass, right? And um, you got the left cheek and you got the right cheek. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so um, <laughs> you got side A, side B, man. I grew up on tapes, you know. So, side A is left cheek because you start from the left. We're gonna read from left to right. You dig what I'm saying? Okay. Um, but my, you know, my Asian brothers, they might read from what the the right to the left because the manga goes the opposite way, right? So anyway, um, but but we're starting on the left side. So left side over here is side A, you know what I mean? That's when I hit him with the cookout, you know what I mean? So I start with the cookout to let y'all know. When I see him, I hear the kill bill silent. Make me want to pull up and start wilding, real talk. But we'll get in violent change, the situation I'm in. Knocked on my ass, but right now I'm climbing. Once taught English, had my own class, had a setback. Now I'm picking up trash. I'm a garbage man. Not
1: a garbage man.
2: Yeah. Let me handle this garbage. Damn. Like I'm rapping about what's really going on in my life, man. Like at the time. Like it's autobiographic, man. So kiss my black ass is, uh, it's fun too. Like I make sure at the end of the day, I got to enjoy doing it. You know what I mean? Like these are all joints I like rocking with. And, um, I put little inklings of, uh, of humor throughout it. Because that's, that's what it's about, man. I like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you know, I like Boondocks. I like Dave Chappelle's show. I like, um, uh, you know, it's funny when I think of uh, Black Power, <laughs> I guess because of, what's it, uh, uh, Stacks, I think of, I always think of Richard Pryor too. His jokes that he would tell, you know, as part of that narrative of Black Ooh. people expressing themselves, expression. This is, Yo, I read "Nigga" by Dick Gregory. I grew up to make "Kiss My Black Ass." You dig what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I listened to "That Nigga's Crazy" by Richard Pryor. I grew up to do "Kiss My Black Ass." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've heard mm-hmm. "Delirious" by, by Eddie Murphy. Kiss my black ass.
1: You also watch "Fear of a Black Hat." Fear of a Black <laughs> Hat.
2: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Niggas with hats, man. Yeah.
1: One of the best. See one of the before. best movies. The best, that's one of the best hip hop movies, not only social commentary movies ever. Shout out to Rusty Condif. <laughs> that movie, that movie was dope. That's one of my the favorite. The money um... making
2: jam boys. Huh? The money making jam boys. That was Windows yeah. big worm in his yeah, yeah 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 he was beefing with NWH niggas with hats.
1: <laughs> Love that film, man. Yeah, me and my man was just talking about that this past weekend, yo. Tasty Taylor's was foot four. He got shot with a bazooka. <laughs> All that. That's I like the
2: part when when the dude was at the gun range and then the, <laughs> the target of a black man with the gun with the with with the Glock with the weed with the <laughs> fitted popped up with the gun aiming at him. He's like, nah, cops would have shot homeboy. He was just chilling.
1: <laughs> oh man! Then
2: he he moved out into the Hollywood Hills. And he was walking, and like the, a little kid threw a ball by him and went to get it. And he's like, "Here, my European brother!" And then the, the
1: kid's parent
2: grabbed him, say, ah,
1: "Get away!" From grabbed him, him like something was wrong. He's yeah, like
2: him. get away from this nigga.
1: <laughs> America, a full, swing. Point. There you go, right yeah, there. Great there. Movie, oh. right. exactly. Yeah, and kiss so, my ass, no. kiss, and kiss my ass. The mixtape, the album <laughs> is a great yeah. project, but the thing that makes it long lasting for me is the depth, because even though it has a, 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 a tinge of comedy to it, like you said with Saturday Night Live, there's also bars in it as well that teach, whether you're coming at the Pope or you're coming at the Speaker of the House, Secretary <laughs> of the State, or even yeah, coming at the ignorant people who don't want to listen to your music. Right. What is the what is what is, what is, what is the goal of this, um, of this project, and what do you think the life cycle of it will be? It will be,
2: It'll be like, Um, yo, honestly, the goal is just to, to create something, um, uh, currently, like I was going through a lot of stuff last year and just like wanted to just let it out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't have any great expectations or, uh, like there's, I'm, I'm satisfied already since it's done and it's released that's good, you know, it was a release, it's cathartic, that was a cathartic project, dry season, you're going to see videos with that, you're going to see a different type of push, you know what I'm saying, um, but this was like, let me just uh, um release my artistic constipation, okay, and this is the first turd nugget that came out, this is the turtle head poking out, this is the prairie dog, this is kiss my black ass,
1: well don't please don't don't just put it out and do nothing with it because Yeah. One yeah. thing I one thing that we've been tricked in um in hip hop is that um we give away our shit for free. And mm-hmm. that's not what it was made for and I'm not saying you gotta make a million dollars. But you should all oh, people should show their appreciation. So for everybody out there, this project is out on Bandcamp. I got mine today. And mo most importantly, well when by the time this interview come out, I got it. That's all y'all need to know. <laughs> But most importantly, what I wanted to say is support the artists, man, because we don't believe in streaming on Heritage Hip Hop. And you can stream if you want. That's cool. But if you really want great art perpetually and consistently, so much to the artists because not only are they putting their time and creative energy into this, they're investing in you, and we want you to invest in them. So make sure you buy the project. Go to um, go to Bandcamp and make sure you, you spend some money on that because it's worth it. So besides that, I want you to give you a shout-out, give your social media. And salute yes, to son. you for putting international hip-hop on there, too. What's my man named? Mock Fly?
2: Mock Fly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to shout-out the people that was was part of it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mock Fly um, from Guadalupe. That's my brother. You know I me. Mean? Shout-out to Mock Fly. Mimi Nelsie out in the island of Guadalupe. You know what I'm saying? I've been fans of them for many years. I got to meet them a couple of years ago, you know what I mean? Shot some videos. Another one's coming that you're going to see with me and my flock. Um, Napoleon the Legend, shout out to that brother, you know what I'm saying? that him on tour out in Lake Virginia or D.C. or Philly. We went with the band called Fuse and ever since, him and DJ Bizarro, been Sam, great people, good brothers. Um, someone I, I admire as an MC and keeps me sharp too, you know? So I got him on Todd wrist, killing shit. And um got beat some Chaz Van Queen, Tasmere, um, he did the beat for Rise Up with Moxfla. Um, my boy Velvet Portraits from Plainfield, you know what I'm saying? Who's, 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 who's next up, Young Prodigy. Um, he produced, uh, The Picket Line. You know, there's, there's, there's so much on there, man. It's, 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 it's a, uh, it's a project I say just sit and listen to. I only put it on Bandcamp cause that's how I choose to be supported with this. It's not on Spotify or any, you want to listen to it. It's on Bandcamp. Why don't you put it on? Kiss my black ass. What? You should have put it Kiss my black ass. So why don't you kiss my black ass? It's on Bandcamp. <laughs> it's not going to be on any other streaming site. It's only going to be on Bandcamp. And I'm not dividing the tracks. You've got to listen to the left cheek or the right cheek. The left cheek is like about eight minutes, and the right cheek is about ten minutes, okay? And there's a bunch of tracks inside that. But, again, like, like, like Crooked Eye said, you know, it's not to be – um, chewed up and thrown away. It's to be sat with. And because of, um our attention spans being so short now, um you don't have to sit with this. It ain't 45 minutes. The whole thing's 18 minutes. It's shorter than an episode or whatever you watch on Netflix.
1: But <laughs> it well, it's more impactful. God could be. impact of the music.
2: Could, could be potentially. Could be potentially if, if, if you listen uh, or if you give you a bass. You, you know.
1: love, love hip-hop. You're going to love that.
2: Well, really? I
1: appreciate that, man. Tenfold. So for everybody out there, this is Karev once again with La O'Ma my man. Let's get that, that straight. We, we we salute. But before you go, and you already know yes, have, been, have been through this, it's time mm-hmm. for the rapid-fire questions. Now, okay. given that you've been on Heritage Hip Hop before, you get different questions. Are yes. you ready to play this Are you ready to play this game? Yes, sir. Here we go. All right. So the first question is, what is the voice of hip hop or the message of hip hop that you're waiting to hear that has not been rapped about yet?
2: Hmm. Um Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn.
1: That's cool. God, have to for the, the question. Yeah, this
2: is good. This is good. <laughs> what story has not been told yet in hip hop? Um, yes. You know what? I would like to hear the Larry Davis story told in hip hop. Really? I would what? like to hear the Larry Davis or like the Chris Dorner story. Told Chris in the Dorner would be oh. interesting.
1: That would be
2: interesting. Yeah, both of those guys because, um, or Robert F. Williams. There we go. Robert F. Williams. He was in the NAACP. He wrote Negroes with Guns. You know what I mean? I I think, I think so. We're so used to shooting each other, rapping about hurting each other, rapping about, (laughs) you know, um, our own degradation. Um, now it's time for us to put our backs against each other like Double Dragon. You know what I mean?
1: More unity Legend. bars.
2: More unity bars. More self defense bars. Right? Against the establishment. Against the establishment. Yeah, because it's anti establishment. My thing is this, right? If if I'm sitting here bobbing my head to the same thing that uh, an oppressor is bobbing his head to, clearly um something's wrong with the message.
1: Hmm. I said every time I spit sure? a
2: demon catching aneurysm. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're different. Mm. So to me, that's 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 what I believe. Like I, I like Jay Electronica, yo. Jay Electronica to me had the hardest album in twenty twenty. The,
1: the written testimony or the act The written, two? Tes- the written testimony. I didn't really? act two came out. Huh?
2: I didn't know Act Two came out, but I think you don't the written act testimony. Uh, uh-uh, I didn't hear Act Two yet.
1: Oh shit! Okay. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it came out. It came out. But, it came but, out last week. What? Yeah. We'll get, into that. we'll get into that afterwards. Let's keep the sort of focus on you because this is your interview. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you want to hear more bars about unity against the oppressor with MCs working together. Do you think that's happening now, so to speak, or are you waiting for it to be more revolutionary, you think? You
2: think? I think the conditions are organizing the people. you got Lil Baby and the baby rapping about uh, Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying?
1: Classic.
2: Yo, yeah. Megan Thee Stallion, like this. I, we used to say this in um, organizing when I was a community organizer, union organizer. We say bad management is the best organizer, right? Yeah. There's a thing yeah. called agitation that you have to do before you get someone to move. You yeah. know what I mean? And shit don't change unless you get up and wash your ass, nigga, right? So with, mm-hmm. with with folks, like, I, I'll say this. The, the The situations being as volatile as they are, country um they'll revolutionize you if you live long enough um it'll it'll form you it'll turn you into a re- if you have your eyes oh it'll turn you there's no way you can't see it you know it'll it'll make you more politically conscious by having to play defense against certain things case in point i i use amarla negra as an example she's she's a lot further um in her path as far as uh, her 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 love for herself and her blackness, right? I remember oh, when I was in Panama, <laughs> the, uh, she was on one of these channels, but just straight sexualized. Like in the middle of the interview, they were like, Amara, turn over, bend over so we can slap your butt. And they did it. And then just like one of Univision, Telemundo, something like that. And that was the channel, you know, a couple of weeks later, they have some white lady with black face making fun of her, right? When I saw that she was going to be on Love and Hip Hop, I said, yo, her being popular in the American market, they're going to attack the shit out of her because she's dark skin and has an afro. And that's what happened. And what did she do? She responded to the racism with more self-love. You dig what I'm saying? It's actually increased the toughness of her skin. You know what I'm saying? This country, um, the racism here will toughen you or it will break you, but it will teach you something as well. As far as our resilience, too, the African-American resilience, they'll teach you something as well. Fela Kuti came here and learned. You know what I'm saying? He came from Nigeria over here and was like, oh, that's how y'all getting down. He took some of that flavor and applied it over there. There's something special about the bigotry in this country and what it does to people. How we have to like um find creative ways to survive underneath this type of oppression. This is where Kiss My Black Ass comes from. I didn't mm. slap the shit out of my boss. I didn't go crazy at the work. I wanted to, hell yeah. It's like an asshole. I could have taken him. You know what I'm saying? Hit him with the sleeper. <laughs> you understand? Mm-hmm. Glass jaw. Ha! <laughs> you know? But I ch- I chilled. I chilled. You understand? I chilled like Orange Juice Jones. I
1: chilled. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> and created art. You know, um, it's cathartic. It's cathartic and it's necessary. So case in point Boom. being, yes, sir?
1: so keep thinking it, keep, it, keep it revolutionary and, and, and but but unified
2: yeah it's okay, revolutionary okay. unified but we need we need more of it and i was saying like the the times are organizing people so folks who might not have um met, met the message of krs one a while ago now's the season the fruit is right okay. and those who pick it eat from
1: it and it's right, I, right now. okay so question number 2 If someone asks you to define hip hop in five albums, what are the five albums you're giving them? Mm, Damn. Define hip hop. Um,
2: Shoot. Just five. Just five. (laughs) All right. So, I mean, for me, I'm just going to put my my favorites. My favorites, I guess. Um, I will put. Illmatic. Mm-hmm. Most definite and quality are Black Star. Mm-hmm. Things Fall Apart, The Roots. mm oh, shit. It's time, man. I only got two left. Uh, hmm 36 Chambers. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, damn it. And then, I like Iron Man. <laughs> I was gonna put... I was going to put in um, Muddy Waters, but I should Iron Man. Iron Man, okay. First album.
1: Can't go wrong with any, any question. You can't go wrong. It's okay. So then here's my next question. What song or album perfectly describes you from another person's catalog? Um,
2: I like watch Robert, Watch Roger Do His Thing by main source, I'm Roger, I just don't live in Queens, but I'm Roger you know what I'm saying, I'm doing my thing I came up, you know what I'm saying, through the struggle, and motherfuckers hated you know, I caught my lumps you dig, but I survived though who's
1: laughing now, motherfucker (laughs) okay respect that, I respect that, we got two more questions and then we're going to end the interview, alright once again, this is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop with La Oma Great MC, great music. Make sure you go check them out on Bandcamp and make sure you buy the music. Stream it and you like it, but if you love it, and we ask that, and we're going to tell you, you're going to love a lot of his music. Buy the music, please. Um like I said, two more questions, and then we're going to end. With the rise of the female voice and female MCs now becoming even more gifted than the men that are rhyming, I ask you this question. I ask you this question. What is it to appreciate the female voice? And why do you think, in your opinion, most male MCs don't and they're afraid of it?
2: Oh, because they soft. They fragile. (laughs) Cats don't want to be on the same track with Lauren. She'll shit on them. You know, think about it. If she said, "Why you imitating Al Capone, I'll be Nina Simone and defecating on your microphone. How could you rap about imitating Al Capone right after that? You look stupid. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So in Jersey, you got Euphony out here. You got Frequency out here. You got Chemistry out here. You know what I'm saying? You got Shelly Pharrell out here. There's some shooters. There's some very gifted MCs. And if you're on that bullshit, they're going to cast the biggest shadow on you. You understand? <laughs> and, and, and as anyone would. But I'm saying Queen style. Because not only can they create, they can create. You dig? So, there's so many, um there's so many dope MCs. And, and you look at the legacy of women. Women in hip-hop from Jersey, I tell you this, we got the best female MCs in the world. I'll put the Jersey team. We got Rod Digger. We got, we got, we got Flo Brown. We got, we got, <laughs> we got Lauren. You see what I'm saying? We got Queen Latifah. Mm-hmm. Legacies here. So, and me, I've always had appreciation um, for a female voice in hip hop. My first CD was Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. I started off pretty good. Mm. I looked at Cats as jokers because they couldn't hang with her. You know what I'm saying? I always respected Fat Joe because he said that was his favorite rapper.
0: It's like, yeah, yeah.
2: Lauren will wash everybody. Mm. If she came around more, there'd be even more evidence of it, I believe. She's he, dormant, you know. She's got some stuff in the tuck, I'm sure.
1: Mm. The last um, question for this interview, I've already asked you what your legacy in hip hop would be in the first in the first um interview. So now we're going to take this a different route because you have a coloring book. We're going to ask you a comic book question, and that's going to be the last question. And that's going to be the last, the last question of this interview. And the question is: Everybody right now is hot on the Avengers, right? Me, Mm -hmm. I think the X. I think the X Men are better than the Avengers. All right. Me too. Okay, so then we share that. That makes this production perfect for us. Name, make your super hip hop team. They're your X Men. Who would you like to see together in project wise or whatever? Doesn't matter. Who would you? Who would be your incredible rap team and and why? Mm,
2: Underground rappers or like. Mainstream. Yo, it's, your, it's, your, it's
1: your answer. I cannot tell you. This is your thing.
2: I mean, like, rap group I could put together? Yeah, whatever.
1: Or, group project? rap with, or. Whatever you want. You're going to yeah, give the context I, no matter okay, what. Okay, so,
2: there's cats I would work with, and then there's greats that I would like to see work together, but I'll probably okay. get washed. I get washed on the track. I'll do That's like fun. A Manny fresh at the end, you know what I'm saying? Or like a little after you back it up, didn't stop, I could add like that, something like that. But um, <laughs> I would love to see I would love to see um I would love to see a group album. You said five people? Alright. No, whatever you
1: that. want. It's up to you. Whatever you want. I'm not limiting right. you.
2: Well they said they they said that it's supposed to be out or it is supposed to happen, but Mad Lib produced Black Star album. Okay. They said that's yeah. supposed to happen. Yeah. So I would like to see, I'm and I could, can I count a group as one person?
1: Um, if you want to, look, if this is your, your question. I'm not going to limit you. Oh.
2: So if I could do that, I would have like, uh, a group of, it would be Wu-Tang, uh, Slumville, but this Slumville, Dilla, 510, and T3. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, Uh, Roots, you know what I mean? So I have, I will have Black Dart, Dice Raw on there, uh, mm-hmm. with Malik B, God Rest the Dead. And then I would have Mob Deep, you know, Prodigy and Havoc, you know what I'm saying? Hell on Earth era Mob Deep too, yo. That production. And then the, the fifth wheel will probably be, um well, so I got Wu Tang, so I got all of them guys in there. Mm. Um, I'll probably just say Nas.
1: Mm. So, You're a going, You're yeah, a so production out.
2: wise, we have RZA in there, we have mm-hmm. Villa in there, and we I have Havoc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to Me, that would be stupid. And you got the Roots. So. Yeah. So so spitter wise. Plus, you got, yeah. you got, you got, you got Black Thought. You got Prodigy, Apostles warning Prodigy. You know what I mean. You got the Wood, Nas. To me, the blend would be crazy. The the posse cuts would be stupid. I agree. I, I think agree. havoc, havoc. Yo, you know who else is one of the best producers that gets no love? Childs to and rest in peace to Shot Skills. Fredro's star yeah. as well, yo. Yeah. Fredro's star. Shaw Skills and Fredro's star, man. Because you want Shy
1: Skills and Fredro's star now? We,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Because Shaw Skills taught Fredro, yo. He was, you know, Onyx first hit, you know saying? On that first Back the Fuck Up. But once the second album came out and the third, Fredro was going crazy with the beats. And um, Last Days, man, was Fredro's star. We see him as the front man of Onyx, so we don't think he's also producing. Just like Q-tip, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Fredro Starrs. Let's let, if we go back to to um 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 to some Onyx joints that we love. be surprised, Fredro Starr
1: produced a lot of them. Well, did you hear our interview with Fredro Starr Heritage Hip Hop? I have not, yo. I need well, to go listen to it right away. Yes, you do. <laughs> with that being said, this is Karev on Heritage Hip Hop Podcast with my man, Lyle Omalao. And peace. We say peace, and we out. One.
0: We thank you for listening to this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. Our episode with Lyle Malau shows us that MCs are not only eloquent, but when they're well-versed and they appreciate their life's journey and give it back to the world, Not only can they inspire with their words, but their art helps inspire the minds and the creativity of others. By being well-spoken and well-taught and well-traveled, not only does he own his rap skill, he owns his MC marksmanship by hitting us with different ways to produce influence, not just with music, but also with his spoken word and his illustrations as well. His new project, Kiss my black ass. The mixtape, the album is available now on Bandcamp. We urge you to go listen to it. And if you like it, buy it. Support the MCs, you know. This episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast is brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We celebrate independent music, independent artists, and we teach profitability and entrepreneurship as well. So if you're looking to be an entrepreneur with your music, your brand, contact us at Heritage Hip Hop to learn more. Heritage Hip Hop playlist number five is out right now on our website and other free music to members go join our website we have a youtube page heritage hip hop youtube make sure you subscribe like share and comment in all videos (sighs) you can follow us online heritage hip hop on all social media i'd like to give a shout out to everybody that helps make this show possible transparent credit repair you can contact them at heritagehiphop.com and click on transparent credit repair and that one decision can change your financial future and your life shout out to bq fatty's place healing up can't wait to welcome him back home shout out to fire jaws wildfire marketing the good fellas the recap with the good fellas weekly show comes out on youtube and facebook and on goodfellas g-o-o-d f-e-l-l-a-z tv shout out to tommy guns dab the photographer sha montana and dj big a Shout out to Lex Diamonds of Diamonds Entertainment LLC with the sports podcast out right now. And most importantly, we thank you, the listener and supporter of Heritage Hip Hop. Before we got out of here, I'd like to say, everybody out there, coronavirus is a very serious thing. And we want you to still wear your mask, keep safe, go vote and take care of our society and yourself the mind is precious the body is precious and your life is precious make sure you protect on all not only yours but everyone else's by making correct decisions and being safe with that being said this is karev from heritage hip-hop in quarantine because yes i am infected with the virus unfortunately but we're still making it happen with that being said please stay safe we say peace and we out